You know the feeling you get when someone comes over to you unsolicited and offers you a shidduch or a job opportunity? It can be pretty flattering and it's tempting to say yes, but it's not always the best idea to say yes to the first offer. So what are you meant to do? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Frieden. Today we are on page 22 of Ksubis and we learned that the real challenge when that unsolicited offer comes your way is to make sure that no matter what your response is, you make that other person feel honored and blessed that they approached you with their offer. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. The poor Chassid was distraught. It was time to marry off his daughter and he was almost penniless. Off he went to see his Rebbe, the famed Rebbe Avram Yeshua Heschel of Apta, to seek his advice and blessing. How much money do you have on you? asked the Rebbe. All I have is one kopeck, Rebbe, he replied. Take that money, invest it in the first business opportunity that comes your way. May Hashem bless your endeavors, said the Rebbe. The Chassid departed, bewildered, but with a happy heart, secure in the feeling that Hashem would answer his prayers. Along the way, he stopped at an inn where he encountered a group of diamond merchants discussing business. Enlightened and worldly individuals, they viewed the Chassid with contempt. Mockingly, the leader of the group called the Chassid over and asked, Would you like to buy a diamond? Remembering that the Rebbe had told him to accept the first business proposal that he received, he said yes. When the merchant asked how much the man was able to spend, he offered his single coin, which was all he had. The diamond merchant began to laugh. With one coin, he thinks he can buy a diamond? Turning back to the Chassid, he exclaimed, You know what? I do have something I can sell you for that amount. I can sell you my Olam Haba, my place in the world to come. The Chassid readily agreed. A contract was written up and the assembled merchants all had a good laugh. When the businessman returned home and related to his wife what he had sold that day, he'd sold his Olam Haba to a simple-minded Chassid, she became hysterical. How could you do such a foolish thing? She screamed at him. Who will I be there with? If you have no Olam Haba, I demand a divorce. With no other recourse, the fellow went back in search of the Chassid to demand that the sale be nullified. I'll give you back your coin if you give me back the contract he offered. Let's arrange a refund. But the Chassid refused. Okay, I'll give you more than what you paid. Just give me back my portion of the world to come, said the desperate merchant. Still, the Chassid refused to return the Olam Haba regardless of the price. The only option left for the businessman was to go to the Rebbe of Apta and beg him to talk some sense into his disciple. The Rebbe listened to both sides of the story and said, In truth, my Chassid is justified in not returning your Olam Haba. He bought it fair and square. I think I can convince him, though, to relinquish his title to your Olam Haba if you pay him a specific amount of money. How much? asked the businessman. I will pay any amount. Just get me back my Olam Haba. This poor man needs 500 rubles for his daughter's wedding, replied the Rebbe. If you supply the necessary funds, I will see to it that your Olam Haba is returned to you. Despite the large sum that he was being asked to contribute, the merchant agreed to the sale and everything was settled amicably. He received his Olam Haba in return for providing the necessary funds for the Chassid's daughter's wedding. Some months later, the merchant's wife came to see the Rebbe of Apta. Is it true that my husband's Olam Haba was worth 500 rubles? Was such a great share of Olam Haba awaiting him? Replied the Rebbe, when your husband sold it, his Olam Haba was truly only worth one kopeck. But when he bought it back, the mitzvah that he performed increased the value of his Olam Haba to 500 rubles, if not more. Let's look at today's Gemara. 
If a woman said, I'm a married woman, and then said, I'm unmarried, she's not trusted. But if she provided a rationale for her initial statement, she is trusted. And there was also an incident involving an important woman who was outstanding in beauty, and many men were clamoring to betroth her. And she would tell them all, I'm married. Sometime later, she arose and was married. The sages said to her, what did you see that led you to do so? She said to them, initially, when unscrupulous people approached me, I said, I'm already married. Now that appropriate people have approached me, I arose to be married. Let's analyze the Gemara. We're all here on earth for a finite number of years. During that time, we're tasked with figuring out how to maximize our mission in this world within that limited lifespan. That entails serious decision making. Sometimes those decisions are between good and bad choices. But more often, the decisions are between good choices and better choices. Had she married the first person who asked her, would this young lady have immediately been able to be part of the very first mission given to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply? Absolutely. What then gave her the right to walk away from her opportunity to fulfill the divine will? In certain circumstances, says the Gemara, if you know that you can perform Hashem's bidding in a better way, the correct course of action is to hold off. While the Chassid of the Abtarebbe was instructed to accept the first deal that would come his way, that story is the exception, not the rule. More often than not, the challenge of our lives is how prudent we will be with our ability to delay making a choice until the best option presents itself. Too many people jump at the first offer that comes their way. Unless that's an opportunity to, to purchase a share in Olam Haba, it's probably not a wise idea. Why do people accept that first deal without considering whether it's the best choice for them? Because they fail to recognize their own self-worth. If they only appreciated how special they are in the eyes of Hashem, they would, like the young lady in Agamara, only accept the very best suitors in life. Whether it's a marriage partner that you're seeking or an employment opportunity, don't settle for just okay. It's flattering to receive an unsolicited offer, but that's no reason to say yes. Your basheret is the one who is the perfect match, and that individual is worth waiting for. That ideal job is probably not the one you waltz into effortlessly. It's the position you put your all into attaining. The message of Alkamara, however, is that there is a proper way to deal with the offers that come your way in the meantime. Notice how the young lady responded to her incompatible suitors. Did she say, nah, you're not good enough? No, she pretended to be married. While that might appear to have been deceitful, she acted for the sake of heaven. Rather than sounding arrogant and unkind, she reflected her declination back upon herself. They weren't the problem. She simply wasn't available. In that way, they were able to walk away with their heads held high and with amicability and pleasantness all around. When you're presented with opportunities in life that are less than ideal, it's okay to say no. But it's not okay to make another person feel unworthy. Put yourself in that person's shoes. It probably took him considerable strength to muster up the courage to approach you. Your heavenly challenge now is to allow him to walk away feeling proud of himself for the effort that he made. That might mean suggesting someone else for him or the position that he's offering to you. It might mean thanking him profusely for thinking of you for the position and just letting him know you're happy in your current role. If Hashem has brought him into your sphere of life, he wants to see if you are indeed the worthy person whom you believe yourself to be. Responding the right way and making the other individual feel awesome proves how awesome you truly are. 
passing that test may well be the very key that you need to unlock the spiritual door to your soulmate or ideal position. Don't settle for good enough. You are a child of the Supreme King of Kings, his prince, his princess. But until that right one comes along, just remember to be patient and polite. May Hashem grant you your ideal destiny very soon, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf. Yeah.